You're listening to the Topco Business Unusual Podcast. Now, the Business Unusual Podcast. Learn from the greatest minds in business today. Interviews hosted by Ralph Fletcher. Learn how to improve business, get tips from industry leaders, and be motivated by real-life experience. Topco. Business Unusual. And welcome to the Business Unusual podcast. Um, today I'm joined by Moredi Tema, the CEO and founder of Moredi Technologies. Um, welcome, Moredi. How, how are you? Uh, thank you, Ralph. I'm okay. Thanks on yourself. No, good, man. It was good to catch up just earlier and, and uh, get, get through all these IT bugs. But um, as, there's, as there's many, I'm sure, you, you, you must be busy at the moment with uh, this technology disruption that's, that's sort of put itself onto to Africa and the world. We hope it to be busy, but maybe the world doesn't realize that they must call us more often. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're not calling us as much as we hope they would have called us up to now. So, I mean, I'm in Cape Town. You're in where at the moment? You're in Pretoria or Johannesburg? I'm in Midrand. Midrand. Okay, lovely. And I mean, I think what we're seeing as well is, is that there seems to be a getting back to some sort of normal. Are you, are you seeing that yet? Are you still seeing things um, up in Joburg being a little bit starting to get back to normal? Or how are you seeing it? I mean, over the last few weeks, Ralph, uh, most of my meeting requests has been more physical than, 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 than previously when it was more virtual. So I would assume that with those requests, it means things are getting back a bit more, more normal or what, what was normal before, before COVID hit. And when we do get to meet physically, we do find a lot, a lot more people, whether it's at restaurants or, or at offices, there seems to be more movements. And then in the morning, says well, when I drop my kids off at school, there's a bit more traffic than, 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 than the previous weeks. So for me, it looks like we, we're slowly getting back to, to pre-COVID times, you know. I don't want to really want to call it normal. <laughs> yeah, pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pe- people ask me how I am. I say, under the circumstances, I'm well, thank you. Um, under the circumstances. But I, w- I was really excited to, to do this podcast um, for a number of reasons. I obviously speak to a lot of CEOs with these podcasts, but often they're not the founders of the business. And I think that, that um, um, I did a podcast last week with um, Theo Beloy from Battery Shoes. And, and it's so interesting because I think there's a perception that being an entrepreneur, the glamour uh, of being an entrepreneur, but actually there's a lot of pain that comes with often setting up businesses and being a founder of businesses. Um, and there's a lot of hard work that goes behind the scenes. And so it's also, um, you know, what I find is those people are generally very, very resilient. And there's something that's, that's driving that. This is, that uh, being an entrepreneur is almost not for sissies, I would say. It's, uh, uh, you, you've got to be strong. Have you found that? It definitely not for sissies. I mean, um, we've, we've been in existence for just over 10 years now. Yeah. And I mean, if I go um, and tell you my story from the beginning to now, you'll pick up that there's been really hard times where 
anybody else, I'm not saying I'm special, but anybody else um, would have found better reasons to give up, right? But for some reason, I found better reasons to keep going. So, and even now, I don't have any intentions of giving up because I think I'm I'm too deep in now, you know. And and I think when I look at my company now, I don't even I don't I shouldn't even say my company. Let's say our company now. <laughs> It has, it, has, it has grown beyond me. It's no longer about me anymore. You know, so, I mean, we employ now close to about 55 people. Yeah. Uh, and, and in some of our projects, we've also got a bit of subcontractors there. So, indirectly, there is people that we create employment for them. So, that tells you that there's absolutely no way I can look at this thing as a, as a, as a one-man project. It's bigger than me. So, uh, if I ever wanted to give up, I could I should have done it earlier, and now I stand no chance of doing that. But I still have the energy. I still love being here. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't be doing anything else. Yes, there's today some tough times. Um, there's but there's some good times too. So what I always say is, when those good times come, please find time to celebrate because you don't know when the next great time is gonna come. And when you do celebrate, just just let loose. Just let go. I know it's easier said than done because sometimes it's even hard to even find those moments or or recognize those moments when they come. But I think those moments do carry us to the next to the next challenge. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, if I like I say, my everyone's story is different. Um, but I think one thing that is common with all the founders, they'll tell you straight that they've been really there's there's really been some very bad bad times. For sure. No, I mean, it's true and it's consistent. And I think something normally has gone wrong somewhere in their life also to give them that strength. So it's some failures happen to give them the, the principles or the values to actually drive through generally on that business as well, which I, I do want to get into. And I want to get into a little bit of your story. But I thought it was really interesting that you celebrate and understand the value in celebrating success and so i know you're smiling it's in your principles it's in your website i know how deeply you think it but a lot of people don't and and they don't see that same reason what i mean what 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 got you to because you talk about your time at at you know um i think it was business connection and when you're traveling and then that that gave you that clear idea that we need to celebrate people and celebrate their success what happened there um, do you want to go into my time previously before I started here? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually before Business Connection, there was a company called Inala Technologies. I think I got exposed to the continent at large and, and, and I got to see the set state of some yeah. countries or yeah. some, some, some areas in our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our continent. But at the same time, also at the same time, I got to pick up a lot of opportunities that I saw that, you know what, is that I'm going to look at this thing and feel sorry, but is that I'm going to look at it entrepreneur and say, you know what, there's a lot of opportunities here. I mean, for every, for every bad state, for lack of better words, then it, 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 it definitely shows us there's opportunities. And for me, is I think I looked at those opportunities and that's why... That was a driver for me to say, I think it's time that I'm ready to to go into the market and and, and bring something that will that will develop uh, the country further and also take on these opportunities that are there in the continent. I mean, I mean, from there the sky is the limit, and that's why then in 2010 we decided to open our doors and say, you know what, let's go to the market and see what the market looks like. And I mean, yes, talking about celebrating success. 
Uh, I mean, success goes with excellence, right? Mm. And you're either going to do something right or you're just going to be medio, mediocre mm. about it. I mean, why do something if you're not really into it? So mm. I always tell people that I find it difficult to multitask, right? Mm. And when I think deeply about it, I don't think I struggle to multitask. I think it's, mm. a, it's a quality of input that I'm worried mm. about. I'm worried that if I'm doing too many things at the same time, one is bound to suffer. I mean, like for now, I've learned a new trick of when I go into a meeting, I switch off my phone completely. Mm. So I switch off my phone completely instead of the habit of, I would have the habit of just turning the phone. Even if I'm not reading messages, I would mm. turn the phone. So now when the phone is completely off, it's a blank screen, it's a black screen. I can't see anything else there because mm. my, my intention is to give it whatever that I'm doing at the time to give it 100% focus. Similarly to the business. So then if you're going to go into it, do it properly, focus on it, don't look elsewhere. Of course, we grow. When we grow, we, our skills get needed elsewhere where you can play a role of either an advisor, a coach, a mentor, or, 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 or investor somewhere else. But I mean, you need to have a core. For me, as I believe, you need to have a core where you, where you launch from or where you launch yourself from. And the world will remember mostly where you launched yourself from. So for example, for me now, uh, being the founder of Marie Technologies, regardless of whether I buy shares into top media or wherever, people will associate me with Marie Technologies. And if I don't do it well there, uh, nobody will want to touch me. Mm. How much pressure is it to have your name associated to your company? Is that, is that extra it's pressure or, or is it a privilege? It's everything. It's everything because <laughs> it's everything. exactly what I just said now, nobody will want to touch me. Imagine now something go bad with, with, with Marid Technologies. It's my name, it's a company. So when I say, hello, my name is Maridi. Maridi, which one? Marid Technologies. So imagine right now something go bad or it makes uh, the, 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 the front page of the Sunday news. And yeah. then now Maridi, Maridi, I mean, you wouldn't want me to come and run your company after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of pressure, but at the same time, looking at the opportunities we're able to create for, for other people, mm-hmm. I find myself being privileged um, mm-hmm. to say, you know what, uh, I'm sitting here and, and I hear my name all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It means um, I've been put here for a reason mm-hmm. and I need to acknowledge that reason because not everyone gets a chance to actually mm-hmm. get to lead people and get people to buy into your vision and actually listen to your nonsense every day and actually believe your nonsense, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, yeah, so there's a bit of both. Yeah, I think it's, I, th- I think it's, it's good, but also I think that there's that, that thinking of, um, you know, you're burning the boats. Um, there's no escape route. You've got to make this work. And so often yeah. when you've got no other choices, and like you're saying, when you focus and, you, and you're all in, it forces you to, to think differently. And maybe that's what it is. But I mean, I, mean, I, I speak to a number of people and, and they talk around the excitement on the continent and Africa as an exciting opportunity. How important do you think it was for you to go and see the rest of Africa and to see those opportunities. Is it something that you think more South Africans should be doing is traveling on the continent and seeing opportunities? Do you think it had a marked impact on, on your perspective? It definitely did, Ralph. I mean, if I look at my life, I got on my first flight in 2005, 20, 20, right? Yeah. Well, my first time getting on a flight, I think it was in February 2005. I was 25 years old, and I, it was my first, first time my, my passport 
using what was my first passport to start with that got stamped. And I think it was a trip to Tanzania, right? So I always believe that everyone needs to just get their passport stamped at some point. And I'm not talking about our neighboring countries where we share the same tax, tax whatever, tax agreements with. I'm talking about yeah. where you should go beyond those borders where you need a visa or something like that. The experience is, is, is out of this world. I mean, yeah. it's unmatched to anything. So you arrive at a country where from the pictures, you you only saw Serengeti, so Kilimanjaro, and and you didn't see anything else. Then you get to Dar es Salaam and you see something something completely different. You're expecting mm-hmm. that it's a city that should look like Johannesburg or something else. And you realize that, you know what, it's more, how do I say it? It's a community. You know what I mean? It's a community within a city. And we, with, within their, their weaknesses or what looks like weaknesses, if you look at the, the, the bad state of infrastructure, people still live and you realize that they're making a living. And that that changes you. That changes you and then you move to another country, you find something completely different. You move to countries like Malawi, where poverty is, is, is very visible, it's everywhere. And you find that the country and the people that are the friendliest people in the world. And you ask yourself, how is it possible? How would someone who's so hungry manage to smile at me? And you realize life is beyond what we see in South Africa. And and if we, if we, if we, if we, if we sort of... Um, just leave, just leave outside then and experience what the whole, what the rest of the world is doing with their lives. You'll pick up a lot of things that will build you as a person. And and at times when the going gets tough, you'll pick up uh, on, on some of those experiences. And also when there's a bit of an excitement, as well, you know how to humble yourself, realizing that these moments might not last forever. So, 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 so my story is, I mean... I was privileged in, in that time that I think in a space of about four years, I traveled to about 27 countries in the sure. continent and yeah. staying, staying about a week, an average of about a week and a half at a time at a, at a particular country. So what I did for myself, and I didn't just... Well, it's like uh, a learning curve. It's like almost like um, people, and, and, people and, and, work their whole life for that opportunity. I know, I know, yeah. So, so I was very fortunate. I mean, I mean, what I did for myself is I didn't just only stay in the big cities. Uh, even the clients that are serviced, if there'll be someone that, that was more on the outskirts, I'll, I'll push to go to meet them there instead of them coming to sort of HQ and meet me at that office because that was an experience for me to see the, 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 the outskirts of, of, of the main cities and see what real life is because most people are out there. And it's I must say, idea. it sort of changed my life. Um, it, 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 yeah, it gave me more zeal. And but more importantly, I think I picked up that there's a there's a there's a hunger for for, for solutions, right? Mm. People are hungry for solutions. It's just that maybe not enough people are coming to them. And 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 and, and gave me more drive to say, I do want to come back here. I do want to come and service these places. Of course, I mean, I look at it now how expensive it is to go there. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I still have the desire to make sure that Marie Technologies' name is seen through the continent, either through partnerships or directly. But I want to see the name being seen through the continent. Wow. Now, I, I, I'm going to pick your brain about which countries to go to because it sounds really exciting. I mean, you know, um, I, th- I think I don't travel enough in the continent. I, I, we sort of look... And that's one of the things with COVID, I think we, we, we haven't placed enough emphasis on what we have locally and within the continent. We've always been advertised other areas, New York looks glitzy and glamorous, but actually mm-hmm. I don't think it offers what we 
what we once thought. But I mean, also, if I, if I look at you as an organization and what you're doing to support women, and I think you've done a fantastic job. You, you sponsor the, the Women in Tech um, category, the, the Top Women Awards. And, and I, I often ask myself, why is that? Why is that? Obviously, you believe in women and then, and then gender empowerment. And I'm thinking, why? What's happened? And then and I often think there's somebody who's possibly played a role in your life. And then I read your, your mission and your background as an organization. And you talk about your aunt growing up. Um, and your mum and dad, obviously. I mean, did, did you, is, your, is your drive around gender empowerment because of the women you work with? Is it because of the, the women that had an impact in your lives? What would you say is driving that? I mean, let me start this way. I've got a, the greatest relationship with my dad, right? It's great and all. And I mean, even up to now, he's 79 and we still have a very, I mean, daddy's boy, yes, right? Let's put that aside. But I mean, like I've had my, my, my aunt raising me, I've had my mother playing a huge role. What surprises me though is this woman give birth to us and they raise us, right? And we trust them to do that. Uh, when they are at a very young age, to do that for us. They, we go there for advice, we go there for guidance. We let them really take over our lives. But when we get to some stages on our lives, let's call it important stages on life, careers and everything else in the, in the boardrooms, we leave them out. So for me, when I look at that, it's a shame because it means the skills that you are tapping into growing up, you're actually leaving it out, if you know what I mean. You're actually leaving it out to when you go into the most important decisions of your life in terms of um, careers for other people and your own ways of making money, ways of making a living. You're leaving them out. I mean, why are you leaving them out? At the same time, in my case, I've got a wife at home. If I'm leaving my wife at home to, 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 to raise my kids and I believe what she's doing is, a, is the greatest job around and, my, and I've got two boys. So I'm, am I saying to my, my boys when they grow up, when they grow, when they grow up, they must leave other women out? I mean, why do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that is the most important thing before I even get to the numbers. Now, when we get to the numbers, it doesn't make sense that we're leaving out the majority of the people, of the adults, right, out of the, 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 the commercial world, so to say. It means we are not tapping into the majority of available skills. It means yeah. we're only doing things the only way we think we know how as a few male individuals, right? Yeah. And we can't, we can't then sit and celebrate and say we are doing the, the, we are doing a good job. You know what I mean? Because we don't know. It's only a few of us that are there. So for me, it only made sense that you know what? Those of us that have that are there already, it only makes sense to open it up to other people that are coming and women especially, right? Mm-hmm. And say let's allow them in. Of mm-hmm. course, it's not easy. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's not easy because mm-hmm. first of all, the recruitment process is not easy. And it's not, it's not a woman's fault, right? Mm-hmm. You'll find that many of them, when they come into this industry, especially our industries that are very techy orientated, yeah. they lack that confidence. And you can't blame them because they're coming in an area where they know that is is very male dominant, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe they're expecting that maybe the, 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 the requirements from us uh, mm-hmm. is, is going to be much more than if it was a male counterpart sitting across me. So mm-hmm. then what you then have to do is from that, onset of an interview, um, realized that this person was brave to, to break the norm and actually send in the application. I'm not saying spoon feed them, but obviously find ways of, of making them comfortable so that you can tap into their real skills and their real, their, their real selves, if you know what I mean, for lack of better words, instead of just going normal. 
And then, of course, when you bring them in the company, you have to realize also that they are facing other challenges um, before they can actually be themselves as well. And then what you then have to do is you need to find a way of tapping into that as well because, um, men, we don't actually make it easy because we will continue being ourselves, right, regardless of how things are. So to get the best out of those women, um, you, we need to sort of find a way, I'm not talking about compromising because compromise brings something else, but find a way of building the environment that they can fit in and be themselves as well. And while they're being themselves, they must feel secure, not feel intimidated, not feel harassed, and then be themselves. It's not easy. It's not easy, but I think it's the pain, if I were to call it that, that I've been, I've sort of pushed in the company to say we are going to have women in this company and we are going to allow them to, to have an equal voice, um, um, the company same as men and we're going to allow them to be themselves that's the most important things because yeah. when we do allow that we'll get the results that are desirable and i must be honest with you um i've got a team of, of, of ladies that work for us right that work with us you'll be amazed you'll be amazed um, yeah. um they, they they when when you allow them to be themselves you'll you, you'll be amazed of the results i mean let's make it if, if i look at before we started having this conversation you you had you had a guy <laughs> I was flapping. I was flapping. The women came to my rescue. (laughs) The women came in and they just fixed it in no time in 30 seconds. I mean, being serious, it is true, right? It is true that, I mean, um, I hope my guys are not going to get angry. I mean, my top performers individually in the company right now is women, right? And that goes without saying. It shows that uh, they're they're equally as as good or even at, at most times better. So then, I'm just hoping that while we're opening those doors, a few of us that are opening those doors yeah. and the results are shown for themselves, then it would actually even open up the market even more for other people to see that, you know what, mm. we can't leave the majority of people outside the, outside the economic world. Mm. When we do let them in, then the results will come through. I've got the same issue. I think 70% of our team is women, if not more, and a lot mm. in the leadership position. In fact, it's almost embarrassing the few men that we have <laughs> working with us because um, yeah. of the same issue because they're so performing so well. Um, yeah, it's true. But I think what, what's really nice listening to you is that it's not theory. It's, you, can, you get a sense of empathy of um, you understand you've taken that. And, and I mean, with COVID, I think what we're seeing more and more is great leadership, that level five leadership is actually about... It's about having empathy for the team and individuals. And you seem like you have that in bucket loads. So um, kudos, kudos to you and uh, congratulations. I mean, you, you also spoke about different schools that you went to in different environments and how you enjoyed the rural environment. And I, I thought that, that was really great. And, and you talked about going to the rest of Africa and enjoying those rural areas. But I, I often go to Indonesia Mm. And I go probably twice a year and I go to the most remote areas I can where there's nothing. Basically, there's a scooter, you've got a pair of shorts, it's so warm, you're wearing a pair of shorts each day and you're just eating the local cuisine and living with the locals. And I find it so uh, fulfilling because then you realise all the things that that worry you uh, aren't necessarily the things you should be worrying about. It's true. I mean... You talk about, about Indonesia. Many of us, when you think of Indonesia, we think of Bali, right? You know, yeah. so 
But I mean, South Sumatra, remote areas. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, so you're thinking of those kind of um, nice places. I mean, I'm a rural boy through and through, and I'm still happy. I'm happy that at least my dad's still alive. We still have a, we still have a family home in the rural parts of Limpopo. And when I go there, um, shoo, um, you know, you don't hear any sirens of, of ambulances and hooters and everything. All, all you get there is you can work barefooted, I mean, sand and everything else, and it's quiet. All you hear is either going to hear birds chirping and everything else. For me, that 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 is the best way I can actually, I actually get to relax. So when I do go home, as I call it going home, because I always call my home here, my kids' home. That is my home, you know. So yeah. when I do go there, and I, and, I, and I do recharge, I do recharge, I come back, I come back with so much energy because I think there's a lot of activities that we do in the big cities that is energy sapping every single day. So mm. when you do get to go to the rural areas, you 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 let it out. You like sort of exhale because everything yeah. seems to be so simple and easy. You know, yeah. um, of course, there's struggles with with, with running yeah. water and all those things. But yeah. then I guess because the parents have invested so much in us, we. Together we found other solutions of making sure at least there's water. You know what I mean? There's mm. drinking water. You you obviously wish that that could spread throughout the whole village, but unfortunately, there's so much that you can do. You know what I mean? Mm. But except for the water challenges, everything else just becomes so easy, and you realize that life is actually basic. Life is just things that that it's not everything that you always think about. The drama and everything else. You can actually live your life so simple. Mm. But I guess then we we get reminded that when we have to go back. <laughs> and make a living and then and make a, yeah. an impact on other people's lives that you need to go back to the cities. And I look at my, my, my schooling as well. My school was kind of similar. I mean, primary school was in the village and then high school, I don't want to say unfortunate because that, those were actually the best days of my life when I look mm. at it as a teenager. I went to then a boarding school in the yeah. middle of in the middle of, 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 of Northwest in Pochestrum. So I mean, Also went to boarding school. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's a boys' school, and 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 when I look at it, that that was that was that, that for me was most of my learnings came from there. Um, what in particular? Because you you did say that, and and I thought of because I also went to boarding school. It wasn't a, a, a but it was a term. So I'd go there for like six weeks, and I wouldn't see my parents for maybe a week, and then it'd be another six weeks. I was a bit naughty. I ran away after three weeks when I was eleven years old, um, and my dad said to me, "One day you'll thank me," and and I did. Because I, I saw it helped me, but I mean, how did it? How do you feel that it helped you? It, was it in terms of your principles, your values? It was. It, it was an interesting time of our lives in the country. It was just post post apartheid, right? And and for me, it was the first time also that I'm interacting with multiracial. You know what I mean? So I went to a school where. Suddenly, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a white person and an Indian person as my roommate, and I have to speak <laughs> yeah. English all the time. I mean, um, that wasn't easy. You know what I mean? I came, came from a um, fully black school where I spoke, where I spoke Venek, only English in, the, in during the English period and everything else. And now English has to be the full medium of communication. And 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 and, and I mean, other cultural differences came to play, but I mean, also then you had to learn sort of to. Let me, if I were to use the word survive, you have to learn to yeah. survive and, and be relevant all the time. So I think that sort of um, tested my other senses or my other, my other skills in terms of uh, learning how to survive wherever I am and be relevant. Because then if you find a group of, 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 of 
call it white guys sitting together, right? Mm. For you to find yourself to get in that conversation, you have to bring something to the board. You know what I mean? Mm. If you find, you know, there's always going to be groupies, right? Yeah. You find this certain group, you have to find yourself and say, how do I make myself part of this group? And so, so that, and then that continued. And I think it taught me then to, to say, how do you approach life? You know what I mean? Mm. We're all different people. And then wherever you go, um, no one really misses you. You have to find yourself to get in, to get in the group and, and bring something to, to the table. You can't just sit and say, they'll welcome me or you know, they'll invite me. So when you do push boundaries and get there, you need to know what you have to bring to the table to make yourself relevant. And while you're relevant, make yourself stay and be consistent as well because you don't want to be a one-soft guy. You know what I mean? And, and, and also you have to develop yourself as a person that you can be known for something. Um, create what I just, I just said earlier that they wouldn't miss you, but create that thing that when you're not there, they're like, where's Mariti? You know what I mean? Because they know that they're missing something or or they need to consult on some on some issue or element or whatever. And then they know that with you, they can come in and, 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 and trustfully so and ask you things. So all those for me during my high school life was actually tested. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to try and sound smart and say, I, I figured that out. I figured that out later on in my life that, you know what, mm. some of the skills that I'm using right now, I could relate. I faced yeah. something similar when, mm. when I was growing up. I faced something similar when I was growing up. Then I realized that actually that time was building me up for, 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 for some of the challenges or some of the life experiences now. I mean, mm. we're in English medium school, the only English medium school in a fully African town. After, after after just the end of apartheid, I mean, phew, man. <laughs> so there was some beautiful moments. So you must have some good stories. You must have had some very good stories. But but we laugh about it. I mean, it was it was, it was just during the transformational transition. So yeah, there should have been challenges. You know what I mean? They call you, you the golden just, age. They call you the golden age. Yeah, you didn't just be uh, a walk in the park. So you had to learn how to run. You had to learn how to do other things, you know, for survival. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a great time. And and do you still connect with any of those guys? Do you still do business with them? Not business, uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, when I look at my my, my former schoolmates, right? Uh, unfortunately for us, we I don't know whether it's our group, right? But business, no. But friends, definitely, we are friends. I'm still friends with, with, with a lot of with, with a number of them, uh, some closer than others. Um, I think recently, um, for our grade, someone actually went as far as creating like a WhatsApp group to try and bring us all together. Yeah. And that has helped in terms of catching up with what everyone is doing. Um, of course, when we do talk, you hope that with time we can do business together. But for now, I think it's more... Uh, the relationship talks and just 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 the jokes and sometimes going back into memory and just sharing some of the experiences that we at the time they looked like they were they were the most horrific things to happen but when they look back in hindsight you're like wow if i if, if i didn't go through that i wouldn't be where i am and obviously laugh off some of the jokes i mean we're boys you can imagine i mean being a all, all boys school yeah. um there was nobody to 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 sort of make us feel guilty for it <laughs> those kind of words we did everything that, uh, that that we thought boys could do if you know what i mean yeah for sure so i mean I, there's there's two big things that i'm seeing well probably three big things that i'm seeing at the moment and and one's obviously africa i think africa's center front and center as the biggest growth opportunity potentially globally as a market 
as a, you know, you said there's lots of problems there. And, and so it's an entrepreneur's dream. I think the next thing is, you know, entrepreneurship. And, and the last thing is what's enabling the opportunities to be unlocked is technology. Yeah. So we have this big sort of combustion happening of entrepreneurs, of opportunities, or there's problems um, in Africa. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on the growth of business within Africa? What, what are you seeing? Let me put it this way. Um, yes, everyone is talking about growth. Everyone yeah. is talking about opportunity. My prayer and hope is everyone, wherever that is going, they must do it right. Okay. Right? First and foremost, yeah. Africa has got, what, 52 countries excluding the islands, or is it 48 excluding the islands? Yeah, so you need to 52. understand... 52. So you yeah. need to understand that Africa is a continent, and... And then there's different countries in the continent, and then in those in those in, the, in, the, in those countries, there's different um, let's say social groups or race groups um, that you have to deal with, and and and, and 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 every region is different. Like you would have in South Africa, we have nine provinces and got its own dynamics. You can't just go with an with, with an opportunity and, and hope that it's a one size fits all. So you have to think before you even move. You have to know what you're going to offer and the people that you're going to be dealing with. That's the most important thing. That's the first things first, because I don't want people just to think there's an opportunity there. We must get on a plane and go and even get your fingers burned like anywhere in the world. So you need to do your proper research. You, you, need, to, you need to know what you're dealing with. And if whatever that you think it would work, right, mm. is something that they need. Because what I've seen is what you call in the olden day, the suitcase salesman, someone working up in the morning, uh, doing big presentations, throwing things in people's faces, and they take the suitcase, they leave with the, with the evening on the evening flight. I mean, that nonsense doesn't work, right? It doesn't yeah. work. So you need to you need to spend a bit of time per country, understand these cultures, its dynamics, and the people, and see what they need most, and then and see also if you are going to make sure that you help them in moving the money, because you find that some countries also do not even have forex. So is this the case of how they want to pay you? You know, how they want to pay you, they can't even get, um, they can't even get Forex to pay you. So mm -hmm. those dynamics need to come into play, not just go there with a the one-size-fits-all. And then from there, if you're able to do some of those right, you'll be able to have the opportunities that, 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 are, that are in the continent. They mm -hmm. are enormous. I must say to you, they are enormous. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them. Um, and thank God for telecommunications, because when I look at it, is then... Mm -hmm. Telecom has made things easier where we can actually communicate without actually being there. But I still feel that before you even think of investing and spending time, make a trip there. And don't, don't, don't shy away from making local partnerships. And, and, and I mean, if you have local partners, those are your eyes and ears when you're not there. And you might lose up to 20% of your margins, right? But it's better to lose those if you go, I mean, let's say Sherry, to lose those uh, making sure that you've got the eyes and ears on the ground than thinking you can just send marine technologies from South Africa, reason South Africa and go and do everything there and hope that everything gets directed to here. Yeah. Local people are also getting wiser. You know what I mean? They're looking mm. at developing their own people. So you need to look at local partnerships, right? That mm. people can help you and then develop those market even better and mm. see how you complement each other. There's a lot of people in the continent that might have skills that you don't even have locally. So partner with those and then see how you can complement them with your expertise as well and and and, 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 and go after those opportunities. And that way, for me, the sky is the limit. And I mean, if you do that, and, and, and one thing that I can also advise is do it regionally. 
right? Yeah. I mean, my favorite region, my favorite region is East Africa. Um, I don't hide it from anybody. I love East Africa. Do uh, <laughs> it regionally. Uh, if you want to do it regionally, let's target East Africa, for example. Now you've got Kenya, you've got, you've got Kenya, you've got, you've got Tanzania, you've got Uganda, you've got, you know what I mean, you've got Rwanda. Um, we'll talk about Burundi later, but I'm just saying that if you've, if you've mm. got that block, you master that block for a while, then only yeah. when you've mastered that block, then maybe move to to the ECOWAS, to the West, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. to the West and to Nigeria, Ghana, and then the French speaking. Then yeah. you can come down local. Don't try and spread yourself too wide where you've mm. got, you're trying to establish business in, in Zambia the next day, you're in Rwanda the next mm. time, you're in Nigeria, and you're mm. thinking they all need you. Uh, mm. Shame. Yeah, that won't work. So, I mean, what, what, why, why do you say East Africa? Is it because of the, the beauty, that, the fact that you went to Tanzania and you, you enjoy it? Is it, is it the, you, the way you relate to it? Is it the growth? I heard of Rwanda, Kenya, their nodes of growth there. First and foremost, it's personal, right? It's personal. I, 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 every time I go into that, uh, that block and I say that block, I enjoy myself. There's, there's something different that, I, that, that, that each country offers, right? Uh, yeah. you'll find that if, if, I, if I really want a big city life, like something similar to Johannesburg, right, yeah. something more cosmopolitan, then I mean, then, 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 I, go, then I go to Kenya, then I do Nairobi, you know what I mean? Then if I go on the outskirts, then I can go to Mombasa and enjoy the life in the, 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 the beach, the, 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 the life at the coast. And then you get in Dar es Salaam as well. Then, I mean, I don't have to mention Serengeti. And, and then you go to Rwanda, then you find people that have brilliant ideas, right? Uh, from some people that build things that are state of the art from nothing. And I mean, Kigali is, a, is also the cleanest city in the world. It's very clean. You realize that if there's proper policies and, and proper processes in, 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 in any organization, whether it be a country or whatever, mm-hmm. you'll see that when there's systems in place, things can be done. I mean, you're, you're, mm-hmm. that place, even on sand, you don't even find a mech stick. You know what I mean? It's so clean. And everything, if you, every time that you go there, you, if you see state-of-the-art projects and you realize that there's a lot of skill set, there's a lot of skill set, a lot of brains that go into, into, into how a country gets run mm. and also how projects get gets, 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 gets implemented. So every time I'm in that block, I get wowed on, on, on wow. how things are done. And I always compare, obviously, the progress with my previous visits. And, and, and for me, it works. And I guess because... Um, language also, I mean, in, I, I get by with English. Yeah. I learned one of two words of, of Swahili, but yeah, that, uh, yeah, I'll leave that out. So yeah, I, I, I can, I think that, yeah, like I said, I think the most important thing I can relate with many things, either on the personal side and the business side of things. So I mean, let, let's go back to business a little bit and technology, because obviously you're a technology company. And, and I think um, there's some, so many opportunities with technology, but certainly what we found as an organization is that it's almost the first part of having the empathy of people first before the, the technology. So we, we were employing technologies at the work, but we found the adoption of the technologies was something different and we had to actually tap into how people behave and understanding their fears. What are you seeing as the, the, the challenges or, or the solutions to the adoption of technologies in organizations? So when you're adopting and putting in, what are you seeing that works or, or how do you see it work best? I mean, let, let me give my personal comment first. Technology is not there to replace people. And, 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 and I'm saying that so, so that everyone needs to communicate that. 
Yeah. So the minute you employ certain technology, it doesn't matter what technology it is. You need to make sure people, and you are believable in, in, in how you say it. You need yeah. to tell people that we are bringing this technology to enhance and make it easier how you work, not, not to replace you. So the biggest thing is fear, right? Mm-hmm. Now you find a lot of people knowing that we, we deploy in such, such and such technology and they feel that if this thing work, it yeah. means we are out of a job. So yeah. if, you, if you don't communicate well on how it's going to enhance their life and make their life easier, you're going to find that there's a lot of restrictions. Uh, they're, they're blocking it out because they know that should it work, we are out of work. That, is, that for me is the biggest thing ever because yeah. then how do you then embrace and accept something that will, that, that, that will put you out of work and take bread out of, food out of your mouth. You, can, yeah. you can't do that. And normally when you go past that hurdle, then it becomes the, 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 the empowerment part, which is the skilling part. Then, mm. then tell people that you got their back. I mean, mm. tell people that you might, they, they, whatever that you bring on board might be something different to what they know. Inform them that you got their back and then you'll train them for as long as they need so that they can actually get it right. Then it means the fear of losing their job is gone. Now you are telling them that in terms of uh, their own skills and being able to use it, you got their back too. So they don't, they don't embarrass themselves trying to do things that they don't know. Then, you, then, then, then with those two, for me, I think they're the most important. Then you want their, you want their hearts, you want their, their trust. Then you'll see that a whole lot of things that, you, that, that you're trying to use in technology will be accepted and then embraced and, 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 and being used. You know? mm. So funny you say that because as you're saying it, I'm thinking that's going to take time. And so what, somebody else did a podcast with Tony Saldana. He was... Um, Procter and Gamble, and he and he put in about twenty eight um, projects, exponential projects, technology projects in Procter and Gamble worldwide. And he wrote a book. It was called "Why Seventy Percent of um, Digital Transformation Fails." And one of the main reasons that he felt was speed. It's to adopting new technologies, come out with a concept. You almost need that runway. You need the plane to take off really quickly for it to get momentum. But what you're talking around is first. If you do not get the people on board, if you do not get create the trust, the loyalty, that that next part is a non-event anyway. I mean, for me, is 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 every person, every company, its own culture, right? Yeah. My the culture that I believe in and that we push in the company is the people's culture. So maybe yeah. my response is coming from that angle that I, I mean, know that in the business, in the business we in it's the service business we in my the people are the most important components of this thing and and I'm taking from that experience maybe someone else was taking from a different angle and said differently but you spoke about that will take a bit of time I mean yes it will take a bit of time but imagine the 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 the, 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 the if it doesn't work. So it will take a bit of time too, and it's going to bring in um, waste of resource and waste of money as well. You know what I mean? So yes, it will take a bit of time, but I'd rather take a bit of time making sure that this thing gets, gets adopted than try to rush through it and then mess it up. And then there's a lot of loss, there's a lot of trust, there's a lot of you know what I mean, things to fix after that. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, yes, you want to do the speed, you can, but if you don't sort that out first, <laughs> you'll be wasting your time. And I can see that. I can see that your belief in people and your team, the way you promote them, it's very clear. It's, it's not words, it's, it's actions. One of the things I was going to ask you, um, because I know time's sort of running out, but as a successful entrepreneur and business person and you know, award-winning businessman, um, I, I often am intrigued about what 
different business people's principles or values for success is. What would you say your top five sort of principles or, or beliefs for success is? I'd imagine you, your team would be quite high up there. Uh, the team will be up there, but I mean, obviously you have to look after your people. Okay, let me put it this way. Let me start with myself, right? I, I live on three values, right? Yeah. Which is family, family health and, and freedom, right? Uh, family is, has to do with people, right? And obviously my own family health is I need to do things, right? I need to be healthy and look after myself. Freedom, I need to be free to choose. I need to be free. It's a freedom of choice, right? I need to be able to, to be free to choose. Now, if you're talking about components of, 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 of how I translate in the business, our business structured around partnership, right? I always mention that if you look at our motto, it says your ICT partner of choice. In that partnership, first, the first stakeholder is our partner, is our own people, internal purposes, as our own staff. If our staff is not happy with how we treat them, they're definitely not going to treat our customers the way we want them to do that. They, there is no business for us. They will not deliver the quality that we promise our customers, right? If our customers are not happy, we're not going to get paid. It means there's no return. And then obviously, I also mentioned the, 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 the other component of, of, of our partnership, which is a community we're operating. And now, if we're not trying to fix the, the ills of our of our country and the community. I mean, you look at employment, empowerment of women, empowerment of youth, those kind of things. We're not gonna get accepted and we're not gonna go anywhere. And then the last part obviously is the shareholders. If you know the shareholders are not happy with what we're doing for them, which means there's no sustainable business, there's no sustainable growth, we're wasting we're wasting our time. So then that for me, those comp those four components for me, uh, or partnership components, is how I make sure that I measure the business that we're doing something right or we are failing. Well, I think you're doing some good stuff, right? Obviously, you're going to be at Africa Tech Week at the end of the month. I think you're exhibiting there. Uh, there seems to be a lot of interest in organisations, technology, digital transformation. It's the biggest sort of enabler of opportunities, but. But how important is education and self-education in that process, do you feel? Um, maybe because I'm, 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 I was born of, of, of teacher parents. <laughs> um, yeah, but education for me is everything. Um, how do you make yourself relevant? How do you make yourself, um, how do you build sustainable organizations if you don't empower yourself i mean that's a question that many people have to ask themselves you need to empower yourself you need to continuously empower yourself you need to know what is happening around you and i and when i, and when I say empower yourself i look at both formal and informal ed educations i mean um there's areas of leadership you can say you want to be a leader but there's there's good books and 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 and, and good curricula that has been written by, 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 by very good people. You need to be able to tap into those kind of things and, 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 and learn from those kind of things. And it's continuous. Other people take some, some old material, they, they sort of update it. You need to know that and, and keep on, 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 on reading and, 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 and like I say, both formal and informal. Take courses, attend courses. Okay, sometimes you get reminded of things that you were you used to, used to know but you forget about the message as time goes on and you realize that at times you make decisions that are that are sort of not not what you would have what you would have, not, 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 not a reflection of yourself because you've forgotten some things as because of maybe the, the way you've been so busy and something else so for me is education is very important but 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 you need to balance it both both on the on the hands on in terms of the informal education on the job mm. training and mm. also the formal education mm. 
Yeah. Um, Marini, this is probably one of my um, most enjoyable podcasts. I think that the key for me is that um, going into Africa and going to see people in their spaces, I think you've got this, this, this uh, wonderful um, empathy around you where you really understand other people. And it's quite contagious. So um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing Africa Tech Week. And I really appreciate your time and your energy for this podcast and hope you enjoyed it. I did. I did enjoy it because remember podcasts also an interview, especially it's about <laughs> reflecting on some of the things yourself. And I mean, I look forward to, look, to, to actually go through the recording and actually see how yeah. some of the things are. So, but anyway, thanks for having me, Ralph. Um, I'll see you at Tech Week. With some great pearls, yeah. It won't be in person, but it'll be digital. That's a new world. That's a new world. <laughs> it's a new world. But yeah, I guess there will be a time where we're able to meet physically and have a cup of coffee and, and continue some conversations. I'd love to share with you some experience of Africa, you know, yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, to picking your brain for that. So um, we can do a little bit of a chart. Where are we going to go? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Thanks so much, Moretti. Thank you.